I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. nwretention.com, that's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE, get you 10% off. Uh Uh-oh. Another Trump scandal. We'll do a little debate preview for tomorrow night, and we'll show you Nancy Pelosi at her finest. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. The human mind is a fascinating thing. The human body is a fascinating thing. It's how God made us. And one of the things that's always fascinated me about the entire thing, not just my own, which is awesome, but other people's too, is how adaptable it is. I mean, your body itself is adaptable. You find somebody who works in an office, does an office job for eight hours a day, for 30 years in uh, Florida. They're going to have a very, very different physical and mental makeup than somebody who hikes the Rocky Mountains for 30 years, eight hours a day. Why? Well, the body adapts. Your mind adapts. Your lungs adapt. Your legs adapt. Your hips adapt. The human body, the human mind adapts all the time. You do it all the time, too. I do it all the time. You adapt to what you consume, to what shocks you. That's why people have worried forever about movies and video games and TV desensitizing people to certain things, desensitizing people to adult things, desensitizing people to violence. They were. What about all this violence? Does it matter? Well, look, I don't know to what degree that matters, but I guarantee it matters some. You see enough of that, it stops being shocking anymore. 
Soon you're more ready for it. The Japanese used to do this when they were training their troops. Pre-World War II Japan, they used to have their troops practice on prisoners with real swords and stuff. Trying to blood them in, as they call it. Get the mind ready. Get the mind ready. You have been conditioned now for four years. Probably longer than that, but especially four years. I've been conditioned now for four years. And no, we have been conditioned to cut off the heads of prisoners by the grace of God. We have been conditioned for scandals and bombshells in the Trump era. You realize, I'm about to blow you away with something, all right? You realize Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, President of the United States of America has been impeached? Donald Trump was impeached. He will go down in history as one of the few presidents who've been impeached. And I know as soon as I said that, you said back to me, well, yeah, I remember. No, you didn't. Not until I brought it up. You hadn't thought about it in ages. I hadn't either. I had a buddy say it to me last night. I was, oh, man, it was. It feels like 30 years ago. The president was impeached, and it doesn't even enter your mind anymore. It doesn't enter mine either. That's astounding. That's the most revealing thing about the current news cycle we're in. It's something new every day. It's this leak. It's this person has a new book. It's this. It's this. Uh, it's the impeachment. It's Russia. It's collusion. It's everything. You've stopped caring. And it's not your fault. It's not my fault. You've now been conditioned to it. You only have so much emotional roller coaster in you before you're just, you know what? I'm done. I'm not thrilled anymore. Let me off the ride. Doesn't matter to me. That's where you're at. That's where I'm at. And what's amazing is people in the Democrat Media Alliance have never adjusted to this. And they've never adjusted because their entire life is emotion. Everything is the end of the world or the greatest thing in the world. You need to think of Democrats like 13-year-old girls. That's what you need to think of them like. Going insane with, with joy in one minute and then everything's the end of the world the next minute. That's how these people live their lives. That's why when the New York Times drops some bombshell, the huge news about Donald Trump not paying much in taxes for the 10, 15 years before he was president, virtually everybody on the right went, oh, nice. I'm going to try to pay as little in taxes this year too. Good for Trump. And yet for them, this is the end of the world. And now we're already reaching the stage where they're yelling at you and I for not caring. I don't care. When I see a billionaire paying very little in taxes, you know what I think? Ah, I respect the hustle. I wish I could afford his attorneys and his accountants. That sounds really nice. These people, though, one, everything about Trump is the end of the world and Hitler and Nazis and concentration camps. So this is yet another big deal. That's one. Two, the left can't help themselves. Remember, this is now the party that won't fly American flags unless they're ashamed to do so. This is now the party that thinks the military's right wing. The only real patriotism acknowledged by the left these days is taxes. You see it all the time. Do your patriotic duty. That's what a patriot would do. Don't you love America enough to give your hard-earned money back to the government so they can do saintly things with it? This is a complete non-starter. I'm going to do about five minutes on this tonight, and you're never going to hear about it again. You've already stopped caring. I've already stopped caring. Yeah. Breaking. Rich guy avoids paying taxes. Wow, that is big news. Well, if you're on CNN, it's big news. It's totally fake news. Made up fake. We went through the same stories. You could have asked me the same questions four years ago. I had to litigate this and talk about it. Uh, totally fake news. Now, actually, I paid tax, but and you'll see that as soon as my tax returns. I, it, it's underwater. They've been underwater for a long time. The IRS does not treat me well. They treat me like the Tea Party, like they treated the Tea Party. Uh, they don't treat me well. They treat me very badly. Uh, you have people that, in the IRS. They very. They treat me very, very badly. Uh, but they're under audit. And when they're not, I would be proud to show it. But that's just fake news. The New York Times tried it, the same thing. They want to create a little bit of a story, a little bit of... They're doing anything they can.
CNN, New York Times. They, to them, they're just gleeful. And you know, this uh, one last thing on this, it shows what kind of media environment we're in now. And this is the reality of it. Social media is a huge thing now. You may not be on it. It's fine if you're not. It doesn't matter if you're on it or not, though. To deny the power of social media would be like saying the telephone when it first got invented was just going to be a passing fad. It is that huge. World leaders are on it. Diplomacy is conducted on social media now. You can see everything. Companies are on it. If all the powerful people in the world think it's important, then it's important. It doesn't matter whether you're there or not. And as such, every journalist now, they get wrapped up in things. They get wrapped up in the newest outrage. They want all the clicks for this story or that story. So they consider everything a huge deal because society as a whole has not learned how to deal with social media, as I've told you before. Instead of thinking about stories, verifying things, let's find out if this is any, any illegality here. Let's find out this, let's find out that. This is the social media age. Oh, I got his tax return. Send it out there. And that's what we live in now. And they're hysterical. And they take the emotionally weak people, not you, but they take all the emotionally weak people and they make them hysterical. And as a result, everybody's more hysterical all the time. Everything's the end of the world. Oh, stop. I don't care. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's already gone. All right. Debate tomorrow night. Don't worry. I'm going to do like an entire show on the debate tomorrow night. Tomorrow. But briefly, I want to prep the battlefield for you for a couple things. One, is Donald Trump going to be able to fluster Joe Biden? That's a big, big thing. And as I'll show you tomorrow, not tonight, as I'll show you tomorrow, people forget how angry Joe Biden is, how mean Joe Biden can be. Now, I don't generally talk that much about it. I think partially... That could be a symptom of what he's going through. I've seen people go through what Joe Biden's going through mentally, and they can get mean, nasty, very short-tempered. And you've seen, as I'll show you, you've seen Joe Biden yell at people a lot. Can Donald Trump get that rise out of Joe Biden? And can he get that rise out of Joe Biden early enough? Well, maybe because unlike other republicans who play nice donald trump doesn't play nice and joe biden has been able to tap dance around all this hunter biden stuff because he has the entire american media in his pocket but donald trump doesn't play those games donald trump he's gonna bring that stuff up the son didn't have a job he uh had some big difficulties and then all of a sudden he's making millions of dollars as soon as his father becomes vice president, no, I, th I think that'll come up. I don't think, I don't think Joe can answer it. Frankly, I think uh, there's only one reason he made all that money. And then you have to say, what about Joe's involvement? And why did Joe not give the billion dollars over to Ukraine, as an example, until such time as they let go of a prosecutor that was investigating the company that his son was involved with? I mean, there are some bad questions. I don't think they have answers. And if we had a media that was fair, even just reasonable, this would be the biggest story for years and years and years. Then you'd really be entitled to real Pulitzer Prizes, not the fake committee that gives you these fake awards. He's awesome. And look, he's right. In any universe, the vice president of the United States having a son with a ton of personal problems. And actually, I'm not going to ride Hunter about that. I mean, it's not as if Joe Biden is his son, okay? Went astray, happens. I'm certainly no saint in my own life. It's, 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 it happens, okay? Hunter Biden, a little bit of a nut. All right, fine. But the vice president of the United States, his son getting million-dollar jobs, Million-dollar contracts from China, from Ukraine, only after his father becomes vice president. It is a really big deal. Frankly, it's shocking the Obama administration allowed it to happen because it looks really bad. And that ends a Republican presidency if that's a Republican son. But you know it does. Don Jr. nailed it. He said, Hunter Biden received a $3.5 million wire transfer from Elena Baderina, the billionaire widow of Yuri Luzkov, 
That's as many Russian names as I'm ever going to read you on this show in a row. The former mayor of Moscow, a known associate of Vladimir Putin. Where are our fearless journalists now that there's a real Russia connection? That's a big deal. That's a big deal. And the truth is, for all the chirping we've heard for four years about Trump and Russia, the Biden family, they're wired in with Russia. They're wired in with China, and it's really, really ugly. Now, there's another reason that I think Donald Trump may actually struggle to get a rise out of Joe Biden tomorrow night. The drug thing. Joe Biden, it's the worst kept secret in the world now. Joe Biden has a medical team with him to get him through these huge events, like when he had to speak at the DNC, gave a 24-minute speech. Of course, secrets get out. He did not have a doctor. He had a team with him, juicing him up with all the fancy stuff they can give a person to make you sharp and ready to go for a limited period of time. Now, granted, as I pointed out to you before, I genuinely worry that they're going to accidentally kill him because when you're that age... When frail like that, man, you can stop somebody's heart messing around with that stuff. But understand this. Donald Trump and Joe Biden, in the opening of that debate tomorrow night, are going to look fairly equal. Mark my words, they will. Fairly equal because Joe Biden is going to be ready to go. Now, if you're Donald Trump, You're upset by that. The entire country can see Joe Biden's cognitive decline. You really want that on display in the first presidential debate, which is always one of the most watched debates, most of the time the most watched debate. And if you're Donald Trump and you know Joe Biden's going to have more drugs flowing through his system than Keith Richards, you think that's unfair. No different than a professional fighter fighting someone else on performance-enhancing drugs. That's not fair anymore. Donald Trump not holding back on that at all. No, I'm not joking. I mean, I'm willing to take a drug test. I think he should, too. If you look at some of those debates, I said there's no way he can continue. He can't continue. Then all of a sudden, he debated crazy Bernie Sanders. And you know what? The truth is he was, he was okay. And I said, how did he go from there with those horrible performances to where he was okay. And I always joke, but, you know, it is true. He was no Winston Churchill in debating, but he was fine. And people say he was on performance-enhancing drugs. You can check out the Internet. You'll see plenty of people say it. And whether he is or not doesn't matter, but uh, I would love to take a test, and he can take a test, too. That's fair. And one of the great things about Donald Trump, one of the things I hope the GOP learns long after Trump is gone, is it is important for you to step out of that saintly gentleman role and bring up things the media doesn't want to talk about. When the president talks about things like Joe Biden being juiced out of his mind, they hate it because it forces them to talk about things they'd rather bury. But it's fair. And remember this, back when Joe Biden was all there, Joe Biden was a good debater. He kicked the crap out of Paul Ryan in that Mitt Romney-Paul Ryan campaign. It was ugly. We were all watching at home. I was throwing white towels at the TV. Please, just get Paul off the stage. Now, one final thing. This Jill Biden thing. I brought it up. You've heard me bring it up before. I brought it up months ago. I find the Jill Biden campaigning for Joe Biden thing to be so odd, and I can't believe people are accepting of this. Joe Biden continues to campaign until 9 or 10 a.m. and then calls it a day because he simply can't do it anymore. But his wife, who's not running for anything, his wife is out there constantly on the campaign trail, and it looks awful. It looks weak. Dudes, Do not send your wife out there to campaign for you, fight for you, argue for you, or anything else because it looks pathetic. But she had to sit down with Jake Tapper and had this to say. Your husband has been known uh, to make the occasional gaffe. Uh, Oh, you can't even go there. You can, after Donald Trump, you cannot even say the word gaffe. I can't even say the word gaffe. Nope. But you're not Nope. Done. It's gone. 
the gaff issue is over. Because over, so over. I'm sorry? <laughs> I'm sorry, not only are you sending your wife out there, she can tell the media what to do now? No, 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 nothing is over. Joe Biden does the same thing. He kept doing the same thing when he got asked about the Hunter Biden thing about three times. Oh, no, no one said he did anything wrong. And everyone looks around. You don't just get to shut down the question. Joe Biden, I don't care whether the fact his brain is now scrambled eggs or whether it's the stutter. Remember when they tried to roll out that excuse? Whatever it is, he's running to be the commander in chief, the leader of the free world. If he can't get through basic speeches without screwing up that is an issue, and it should be, and you don't have to feel bad about caring. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, I'm comfortable. Do you know why I'm comfortable? Because I sleep eight, nine hours a night now, and I know what you're going through. I know what it's like to go to bed, lay down, and not be able to turn your mind off. I do. And it's not always bad. I know why people think, whenever you tell people that, they think, well, you just, everything will be okay. I know everything's going to be okay. I used to go to bed at night, and I'd think about my show the next day. Oh, I wonder who's going to play college football this Sunday. Oh, th and soon it's 2 a.m., and you're laying there staring at the clock thinking, I'm going to die at work tomorrow. Go get an ebb sleep, not pills. It's a device you wear that calms those racing thoughts down and puts you to sleep. Go to tryebb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse, 25 bucks off. We'll be back. Uh-oh. We seem to forget with all the tax return stuff, big presidential debate. See, see all the news cycle words? You and I seem to have already forgotten that we have a Supreme Court nominee, and it's about to get ugly out there. Now, here's the good news. The good news is, right now, as it stands, you know I lack faith in Republican spines, but as it stands right now, they're saying and doing all the right things. Mitch McConnell, to his credit, who's been outstanding at packing the courts with our people, already said, vote. We have Republicans, multiple out there saying, oh, we have the votes, we have the votes. I have a hard time believing that many Republicans would have already voiced that if they didn't. So right now it looks good. And they announced... We're moving forward quickly. The importance of something like that is simply this. As soon as you act like you're wishy-washy on it, it's like throwing chum in the water for sharks. Then they're on you. Then they think they can move you. Mitch McConnell came out right away. Oh, no, no. We're going to have a hearing. We're going to have a vote. Period. Right away. I don't care what you say. So it looks like everything's going to be fine. Here's what Trump had to say. Confirmation hearing scheduled October 12th. Do you anticipate to have her confirmed before the election? Uh, I would like to. I would say we have plenty of time. Just in case your next question would be, well, you know, should you wait? They wouldn't wait, number one. And importantly, we have a lot of time. You know, we also could go after. We have a tremendous amount of time. And it's been done many times before this way. You know, it's a, an election year. Um, no, I think we're going to have it done easily before the election. I think it would be nice to do, get it out of the way. It's so important a decision. I think it's important. We, we're going to try to have it done quickly and before the election. Okay. Trump's sounding pretty confident there. You see, I'm not always cynical all the time. You see, I'm starting to get more and more confident here. I'm coming around. Maybe we're going to do this. Hopefully we're going to do this. I don't know. Joe Biden out there. Calling it an abuse of power. U.S. Constitution provides one chance, one, for the Americans to have their voices heard on who serves a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court, who makes those big decisions about their health care, their civil rights, and much else. That chance is now. That moment is now. And the voters, in my view, are not going to stand for this abuse of power. And if we're to call ourselves a democracy, their voices must be heard. Abuse of power, president nominates, Senate confirms. There's no abuse of power for one, for two. We are not a democracy. 
I'm so sick of people saying this. We are not a democracy. In fact, the founders set this country up specifically so it wouldn't be a democracy. The great Ben Franklin so famously said a democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what to have for dinner. We are a representative republic, period, period. Just had to get that out there. John Kennedy had this to say. I realize that on both sides, Britt, there's been a lot of uh, circumlocution and attempted Churchillian rhetoric about the precedent to be followed during an election year to fill a vacancy. Here's as best as I can tell, here's the rule. When the Democrats are in charge of the process, they do what they think is right, consistent with the, uh, with the Constitution. When the, the Republicans are in charge of the process, they do what they think is right. And I think that's what our founders intended. Yeah, win elections. I don't, I don't have a better way to put it. Win elections. And don't think you can throw a four-year hissy fit and then throw one final one at the end when you're about to lose the balance of the Supreme Court and act as if you're going to find some sympathetic ears. Remember Kavanaugh? I sure do. Now, the last thing that's given me some confidence is Democrats sounding a little weak, sounding a little resigned to their fate. Adam Gentleson, who was a top staffer for Harry Reid earlier this week, he suggested Democrats could gum up works in the Senate. They could systematically deny unanimous consent to meet. They could have a series of quorum calls. That's not good enough? I know Adam. I like Adam and uh, respect him, but he's wrong. We could slow it down, perhaps a matter of hours, maybe days at the most, but we can't stop the outcome. That's delicious. Finally, remember, Bill Maurer, he just gave you a great preview of what's coming, so say a prayer for the Barrett family as a whole. But apparently the pick is going to be this Omi, Omi, Amy Comey. <laughs> we'll all be saying this name a lot, I'm sure, because she's a nut. Religion. I was right about that one, too. Amy, <laughs> sorry, but... Amy Comey Barrett, Catholic, really Catholic. I mean really, really Catholic, like speaking in tongues. Like, she doesn't believe in condoms, which is what she has in common with Trump, because he doesn't either. <laughs> I remember that from Stormy Daniels. Get ready for it. Don't think that's going to stop at Bill Maher. She's a tough person to attack if you're Democrats. They're going to attack her as a religious fundamentalist. Uh, it's probably a strategy I would say is going to backfire on them pretty, pretty severely. You don't really want to attack one of America's biggest religions right before an election, but these people are insane. What are you going to do? All right. Speaking of insane, I know you see the violence out there all over the news. I know because the polls show you're concerned about safety, safety more than anything else right now. And I'm, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. You should be. If not concerned, you should at least be ready for it. So how often do you go to the range? No, no don't lie. How often do you actually go to the range and practice with your weapon? I know. Me too. I'm not judging you. But... That's why I got an eye target. An eye target allows me to practice with my weapon at my home. No more blowing money on ammo. No more blowing money on range fees. They provide me with the caliber I want. They have all the major calibers. I place this laser bullet in my weapon. I then sit down and practice on a little target in my home. Completely safe and a lot cheaper. Go to itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That's going to get you 10% off. We'll be back. Joining me now, former Congresswoman from New York and of the Independent Women's Forum, Nan Hayworth. And she's like a doctor. Nan, are you a lawyer too? You're everything else. No, I just play one on Twitter, Jesse, but no. Ah, yes. 
Yes, I do too. Whenever law items come up, I just start speaking in Latin. Everybody know, thinks you know what you're talking about. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, the tax thing. I, don't, I mean, obviously, I'm a, as partisan as it gets. I'm not some journalist. As soon as I saw the story that Donald Trump paid the bare minimum in taxes for about 10 years, I thought, wow, that's sweet. And I, 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 did, I genuinely didn't realize that that was supposed to be some kind of a scandal. Do you think for the middle of the road swing voter, voter it is a scandal? Or is everybody looking around thinking, yeah, okay, me too? Uh, Jesse, look, this issue was uh, raised uh, rather explicitly in the 2016 campaign. And President Trump at the time said, look, uh, you know, he was he was quite open about it. He said, uh, essentially, uh, yes, I have uh, utilized the tax laws uh, as they are written. And if you don't like the way the tax laws are written, then yes, we need to change them. So I don't think this is a it is a big uh, story. Jesse, it's not a revelation. It was nice to see uh, there was nothing about Russia. Uh, the Times was uh, at pains to admit that. Uh, but you know, you know, Jesse, as I recall, I think you're you're from a development background somewhere along the line. Uh, and uh, I've had some real estate investments myself, still do. And there are lots of tax provisions meant to incentivize development. You can argue uh, about them. I'm I'm a flat taxer. You know, that's the way I would do things. Uh, but President Trump uh, has, in fact, and there there was uh, another story that I saw uh, that in something like uh, between 2005 and 2007, uh, somewhere in that time range, the president the, paid 39 million dollars in taxes. Uh, that was something a figure they could grasp onto. Uh, so you know, the president has done uh, what uh, real estate developers all do. So you know, my feeling is now do another real estate developer and let's see what their nominal tax bill was at the end of this process. Nan, somebody brought up a great question to me, so I'm obviously going to take credit for it, is that uh, he said, I'm a lot less concerned about a billionaire who became a politician, his tax returns, than I am all these politicians who were just average Joes and turned into millionaires while making 165 grand a year in Congress. I'm a little concerned myself too, Nan. Are we ever going to actually get to the bottom of how that happens? I forget what the number is. I think it's over 80 of the 100 senators or millionaires. Are we ever going to dig into that stuff? Uh, well, we certainly should, Jesse. And the only way we're going to is if we elect to office representatives uh, who will be aggressive about uh, taking those things on. Uh, and we have to have a lot of activism on the part of citizens uh, to uh, get those investigations going. And here's the thing, Jesse, and you and I both know it. Uh, folks tend to vote for representation that will bring home the bacon to them. So as long as they're nominally content with their representative, as long as they feel as though they're getting their piece of the collective pie, uh, you know, so so far in our history, they, they haven't worried terribly much about whether or not uh, a given political figure whom they like has uh, nominally enriched him or herself uh, in, in office. Nan, are we ever, I realize the arc of history always bends towards more government and more government and more government until it very much goes the other way and normally ugly. Is there a way we can, we can break apart this federal leviathan that doesn't involve anybody getting hurt? What a great question, Jesse, because, uh, and I talk about it with a lot of friends who don't want to see our great uh, constitutional republic collapse uh, at the hands of its citizens. But I do worry that uh, we uh, could very much head into something like a, a civil uh, conflict, let's put it that way. Um, the only way, Jesse, there is a way. There absolutely is a way. But th th that way requires that our citizens from their earliest age learn uh, the, the responsibilities of citizenship, learn about personal 
responsibility and personal resource management, like personal finance, learn about civics, learn about the structure of government and why morally and practically it makes sense. It's not just arbitrary. You know, all these uh, these university kids are are graduating with this concept that somehow uh, socialism is better uh, when it demonstrably facts prove that it is not, but they've been indoctrinated. And unless we stop that indoctrination, we can, but we have to support uh, the great causes uh, and entities in media and in nonprofits who are doing that. Unless we do that, Jesse, I think we're in for some very, very difficult times. You know how you can tell Nan went to a lot of college and I didn't go to any? Forever, Nan, I always thought that word demonstrably was demonstratively, and I just would say that on the air all the time. It's okay. I didn't know how to, I didn't know that Segway was spelled S-E-G-U-E until like five years ago. So you're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you bring up a great point. I, I really think, I've always said everything comes down to education now because supply lines are everything in battle, political or otherwise. We're churning out 4 million new college students a year and half these kids have been trained in government commie schools for, you know, 18 years now and they suck. Now now they don't have any idea what's real or what's not. I'll never forget I did a talk on Lewis and Clark, which is one of the most basic, awesome American stories out there. And my email filled with people who never knew anything about the expedition. We don't teach anybody anything cool about America anymore. No, no, Jesse, we don't. Um, You know, but, well, that said, you know who does know uh, and knows very well and very movingly? Our naturalized American citizens. They actually yeah. have to learn the Constitution. They have to learn American history. Uh, and among the folks whom I met, uh, had the privilege of, of uh, meeting and getting to know when I was in Congress, one of the most moving uh, aspects of that uh, job is to attend a naturalization ceremony and to, to recognize my mother was a naturalized American. They have to learn it and they value it because they know you could lose it. They come from that. Uh, and and we, we the disease that we have now, as you know, Jesse, is a disease of prosperity and complacency. Uh, and, and Christopher Rufo uh, is my new uh, nominee, other than Jesse Kelly, for the Presidential Medal of Freedom, for what he has done to bring to the fore the toxic influence of critical theory uh, and, you know, all of the these, uh, you know, race sensitivity trainings uh, that are designed not to unite us, but to divide us, to embitter, uh, you know, under the guise of, of diversity and, uh, and awareness. So we need a lot more of that uh, awareness. It's starting to happen, Jesse. The question is, as always, uh, you know, we're in a race against time. Will we will we save ourselves in time? Let's hope so. Nan Hayworth, Dr. Nan Hayworth, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Anytime. Do you know cybercrime is up 75% since the coronavirus lockdown stuff? It makes sense when you think about it. What do you do more now? You're at home more. You can't go out half these places. Your business may even be conducting itself only from home. You're stuck there. When you're stuck there, you're putting out information online, and these cyber criminals love it. They love it. Home title theft is a big problem right now. And I'll be honest with you. Law enforcement doesn't have a handle on it. It's so easy for these cyber criminals to get a hold of your home title, which is online, forge your signature on it, and take a loan out against it. That's why the crime is out of control right now. Unless you have HomeTitleLock.com, you are vulnerable. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now and sign up. Don't forget to use the promo code RADIO. That's promo code RADIO, HomeTitleLock.com. Sign up so you don't get burned. We'll be back. Joining me now, Jeff Charles. He's a contributor to RedState.com, LibertyNation.com, and co-host of the Red and Black Show. Jeff, I don't know where you stand on the issue. I think abortion's like the most important thing in the world. 
I'm not sure the American people give a crap about it, though. I realize people on the right are thrilled about ACB's nomination, and they feel like this may do something with Roe versus Wade. I don't know that the American people generally care, do they? You know, that, that's a really good question. It's, it, at first glance, it seems like the American people don't really care about the abortion issue, but I think more people care than what it might seem. Um, I actually uh, had a conversation with a Representative uh, Chip Roy about this uh, uh, earlier this year at the Walk for Life here in Austin, and uh, he pointed out something really important. We are winning the battle on abortion. This may not have an impact on Roe versus Wade in general, but as far as the conversation about whether or not we should be aborting our children, we are changing minds on that issue. So I think I tend to be a little bit more positive about it, but I don't think that people uh, think that um, ACB's nomination is important uh, really just because of the abortion issue. I think there's more to it than that. Well, I'm not positive about anything, Jeff. That's why I'm the resident <laughs> cynic around here. So, uh, okay, why are we winning it then? Is this a church thing? Are we becoming more Christian, more Catholic? Are we becoming more Muslim? Is this have nothing to do with religion at all? Why are we winning? Uh, you know, it, I, I'm, you know, I'm not sure that it has as much to do with religion, although it might. But I just think the overall debate over whether we should be aborting our children, um, it, it, I think we're starting to, to gain more ground on that. I mean, and especially here at the state level here in Texas, I mean, they've managed to pass a lot of legislation encouraged that would basically encourage mothers to keep their children. But I do think that um, a lot more are just starting to see that the, the defenses for for being pro-abortion are falling flat. And I think the fact that the pro-abortion crowd has gotten so extreme with it has turned a lot of people off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Texas. You and I have to talk about Texas. We're both Texans now. I'm not a native. I moved here on purpose, everybody. So I'm concerned. I realize a lot of Texans, they'll yell at you till they're blue in the face about how Texas is always red and Republican and Texas will never go blue and never go blue. One, that Texas, uh, that Ted Cruz Beto O'Rourke race was really, really close. Two, we are getting a lot of Californians in here. And unlike others, I don't celebrate every time a new California company moves here because they move all their Democrat friends with them. Why am I wrong? Uh, well, well, you're not really wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those native Californians, actually, that moved here about nine years ago to, to Austin. And, and you're right. I mean, I think I, I keep trying to caution people on the right to not be so um, overconfident when it comes to uh, Texas staying red. I mean, like you said, I almost had, we almost had to call Beto O'Rourke our senator. Um, so, And they are making inroads as far as the state government. So I don't think that it's going to happen necessarily in this election season. But if the GOP isn't diligent, it is going to happen. Why are they making inroads? And I'm asking this question because I know this is nationwide. A lot of these red states are seeing this influx of people from blue states who don't want to live in a state that's turned into a high-tax hellhole now. Why? Or is it just the immigrants like you from California, Jeff? Is there a shift in the GOP? Has the GOP gotten fat and lazy? What is it? Yeah, you know what? I think it's more the latter than the former. I know we all like to talk about how us Californians are moving everywhere and turning everywhere blue. Honestly, I think it's kind of a cop-out. I'm not saying that it doesn't have truth to it. But the bottom line is that the, I think the GOP has gotten a little bit overconfident. I mean, we saw what happened in, in Virginia. And the, the very same thing could happen here in Texas if they don't continue to sell their values and sell conservatism and remind people why these people are fleeing California in the first place. Does Joe Biden campaigning for Joe Biden look bad? I, I know, as everybody knows, I'm the resident misogynist around here, so that's, that's fine. But I think it looks terrible when somebody who's not running for office is campaigning more than the guy who's running for office. And honestly, to be frank, I think it looks terrible when the husband is sending the wife out on Jake Tapper's show and everywhere else to do interviews, and he's calling it a day at 10 a.m. I think it makes him look bad, but I'm a jerk. Am I crazy? Well, I mean, you have to look at it this way, Joe. I mean, Umber Jesse, what, what other options does, does he have? Everything that Joe Biden yeah. does is bad. He can't string together two or three sentences without making a huge gaffe. So I think, I mean, it's not the best strategy, but um, I've told other people, I don't see what else he does at this point. He kind of has to stay hidden in that in that uh, basement for as long as he can. I don't know if that's going to be enough to, to get him what he wants here. But, I mean, I, I don't see any other choice because he just does not seem up to the task. Jeff, I have this theory out there that like, people like you and I are way too close to politics, so it's harder for us to call national elections. 
and that the truth is a sitting president is very, 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 very difficult to unseat. History says that's the fact. And you have an opponent who's very boring. We see these stupid campaign events with five people there, and he has to take a nap by 10 a.m. every morning. I can't see how Donald Trump can lose to this person, and history tells me this also. That's when Donald Trump loses. How does he lose? <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's, it's, it's Trump's to lose. I mean, I know the COVID stuff didn't look very good for, for Trump. I mean, and, and there were some mistakes made there, although a lot of them were overblown by the media, as they're wont to do. Um, I think that, but I think also that the Democrats are also making unforced errors themselves as well, and not just Biden. I mean, when you look at the riots that are happening across the country, and it took them up to just like a couple of weeks ago to finally condemn the violence, they're not helping themselves in that regard. So I think that, I mean, history, you're right, history does show that the incumbent, the incumbent typically wins. And I mean, there are some people who are arguing, saying that, well, people kind of want boring now because President Trump has such a boisterous and, and chaotic approach. But I mean, for better or for worse, President Trump is not a boring president. However, I still think that people want a level of security. And the notion that Democrats wouldn't crack down on riots and, and, and widespread violence, that's, that's not making them look good in comparison to Trump, who's saying law and order. I think it looks bad now that you bring up the riots. I think it looks terrible as a nation that we allow organized domestic terrorism like this. And I do call it that. Now, I, I'm not naive enough to think everybody who's out there is some paid Democrat operative. I, I know that some of that's probably organic. We have a bunch of angry, bored young people in this country, Antifa, BLM. I, I get that. But obviously some of it is. Some of it's funded. Jeff, I think it makes us look weak and pathetic that we still haven't stopped it. Well, and see, that's the thing. I mean, uh, being weak implies that they're trying to stop it and just failing at it. I mean, the, the, the Democrats aren't weak. They just don't want to yeah. do anything about it. <laughs> so, I mean, and they are very organized. Like, I, I've been to about three or four of these demonstrations here in Austin. And, I'm, you know, they're on radios communicating with one another. And, again, like you said, it's not all of them. And I, and I think that a lot of the people who, especially when George Floyd first happened after Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery, I think a lot of people just sincerely wanted to see some change. There's nothing wrong with that, especially if you're protesting peacefully. But even among some of the peaceful ones, and I discovered at this last one that I was just at here in Austin, these people aren't trying to reform the police. They're, they're not trying to actually protect black people. Their objective is to get rid of the police. And then they'll say straight out, like they want to burn everything down and rebuild it in their own Marxist image. So no, this isn't making them look good. And the fact that the Democrats coddled them for so long and still are, I, I mean, that could lose them the election right there. Jeff, we saw a miniature version of this last time with Antifa and BLM torching places like Charlottesville before the election, and obviously we're seeing it again now. What concerns me is somebody out there, out there or somebodies, they seem to think that this street chaos makes Republicans look bad. That sounds insane to me, but does it somehow make Republicans look bad? I, I do not see how, and maybe that's just above my pay grade, but I mean, it'd be one thing if you're just talking about peaceful protests. I mean, and I'm not saying that the Republicans are perfect. I mean, I mean, some people have, you know, said or done things that hasn't really made our side look great, but I mean, you compare that to people destroying property, uh, destroying lives, destroying the livelihoods of people, of the people that they're saying that they're supposed to protect. I mean, they're torching black communities as well, but they're saying that this is about Black Lives Matter. I don't see how this makes Republicans look worse than the people actually destroying and setting things on fire. Jeff Charles, thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Thanks, thanks for having me. All right. We pay homage to Nancy Pelosi. Hang on. Well, we remember this little clip of Nancy Pelosi from a couple days ago where she had a bit of a reset moment. The, the day that we lost but, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But to be clear, you're not taking any arrows out of your quiver. You're not ruling anything out. Good morning. Sunday morning. The... Uh, we have a responsibility. We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. We have a responsibility to meet the needs of the American people. Okay. Well, because the Internet is a wonderful thing, somebody took that little clip and did this with it, and I don't know why, but it makes me laugh hysterically. 
Good morning. Sunday morning. I know that's immature. Stop. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Ah, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Shoes. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Shoes. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.